So welcome out to our evening service. You're a guest with us tonight, first time visitor. We uh, do have a special gift for you out in the Welcome Center. If you have a bulletin, you'll see a uh, connection card hooked to that bulletin. Just tear that off, fill it out for us, please. And then if you'd be so kind as to put that in the offering plate as it's being passed. We've got a couple announcements for you. And while I'm getting these announcements, we'll have Gavin and Kelly come up also. That would be my wife, Kelly. And my grandson, Gavin. <laughs> Come on up, please. <laughs> Got four teeth. Anyway, so we have uh, men's prayer breakfast is coming up this Saturday. Uh, be at 8.30 here at the church. Come out for a time of prayer, uh, devotion, and also we'll have breakfast at Bob Evans. And also we have a soup and salad, or soup and salad. I went to Olive Garden today. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, please. <laughs> Would you like more? Yes. Anyways, <laughs> soup and sandwich <laughs> fellowship February 11th. So bring your favorite soup or dessert to share. The church will provide the sandwiches. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start off in, in order. I guess they have me first. You want me to go first? You want my wife to go? Yes, yeah, he wants me to go first. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just wanted to make the pastor nervous tonight. He's like, no, our text tonight. Um, so anyway, yeah, we've been on several mission trips. So this this being our recap service. Um, I guess the biggest thing I took away this year from our mission trip is something that Pastor Eric, our missionary on the field, shared with us one day after his service. Um, he was talking about, you know, we constantly go to, to the Lord in prayer before service, and we're always asking God to bless this or that, but then sometimes we often forget at the end of that service to take time and say, you know, God, uh, you know, for the words that were spoken today, for the message that was uh, presented today, uh, don't let that message fall, you know, on the wayside, or don't let it fall in stony places. You know, don't let that uh, get in there where the thorns are going to choke it out. But God, let those words be planted into good ground. And I think that uh, just looking around that day at the group, uh, what he said resonated. It struck a chord, and you know, so that's one of the things I wanted to share with you. I think Pastor Eric would want to share that with you too. So, uh, at the end of each uh, message that you hear. Pray that God has planted that that seed in good ground. But I had a blast this year. Again, I always have a blast when I go on mission trips. Uh, uh, that you know, really, that's just about all I had to share. So I'm have Kelly come now. So, Bella and I have this secret little thing we got going here. Um, I just want to say what a privilege it was to go with this team. And I kind of need to do what I'm doing or I'll be crying. So, I think that we had a fantastic group. I mean, our kids jumped right in. Bella was going to the little ones, trying to speak Spanish with them. And she's, she's doing a pretty good job. Uh, Gavin and Uriah were right in there with the football stuff. And, I mean, they were having a great time. And... They did pretty good. So um, as Paul said, we've been on a few mission trips, and this was the first missions, the one, the mission trip that I went on that I actually knew the missionaries really previously from the other church. Um, so I thought that it was pretty great to see how God, <coughs> to see how God has worked in Eric and Ashley's lives and their family. Um, I love that. I love seeing it. Um, it was pretty 
tremendous. Uh, they have a love for Honduras and the people there. And God has surrounded Eric and Ashley, uh, even their children, with a good group of helpers um, for their ministry. And Pastor Nathan gave us some questions to think about, and I thought about them, and I tried to write them down. I am going to ask the question to myself. I don't even think I answered one of them right, but it's okay. <laughs> the most memorable moment, and I wrote, there are so many moments. It's just snatches of time um, when we meet and see these people, and I really enjoyed trying to find out, and I still I enjoy it all the time, trying to find out about people, even though I couldn't speak their language. Each person had a story, um, and I like to try and connect with them. So the first evening we were with, we went to Eric's house after we got our, I guess it was a couple day, um, to meet some of his people, and I mean, I tried to make sure that I talked to every single one. Uh, I missed a couple, and I think it was Santos, and I think it was Charlie, but um, I tried. So my moments a lot were Morgan and Jason and Soyapa, Gabriel, Susan, Alan, Sophia, Cynthia, Fatima, Santos, Charlie, Denise, Marie, uh, Andreas, Mesram, which I probably said wrong. Um, but I wrote his name on my hand so I could remember to talk to him when I saw him the next time, and then I washed my hands a few times. So <laughs> it was like, what was his name? What was his name? So, And I asked people a lot, what was your name? What was your name? So, um, which I do that here too. So I guess I always feel anytime that I don't have a lot to offer. You know, I'm an older lady. I mean, what what can I offer? Um, but I'm realizing, I'm realizing that God puts me in the places that he wants me to be. And I'm thankful that God calls people to be missionaries in foreign lands, or I probably wouldn't be able to go. But on more than one occasion, we were traveling and seeing all the lights at night. And I mean, it kind of touched me because I thought, look at all these stories. When I see lights at night sometimes and it's a lot, I think there's people there. Those are people that God loves. Those are souls. And so um, there's no way that Eric and Ashley can reach every one of them. And, I mean, they have a little, they support a mission. They have a sister little church that they're working with and helping, which is in the rural community. And I'm sure somebody in our group is going to give you the names of all the places. <laughs> so um, I'm just going to let that go on. But, you know, God needs workers in the fields, and there are sacrifices, but there are also great rewards. I've seen the love that they had, that Eric had for the people that he was with there, and it really touched me. So um, my life is different because I know another little part of the world that God has shown me. And after going to Honduras, I feel more invested because I kind of know I know their names. Um, not all of them, but in some of them, for I have forgotten. But I really think if people, possibly every person, should try to take a missions trip, it really opens your eyes to the needs of this world, um, not just our little spot. So I loved going to Honduras, and I would definitely go again. I almost think I could live anywhere. It's the language thing that I can't get down. <laughs> and I almost came up here and did like six words of English and one Spanish and three words of English and one Spanish, but then I thought I would confuse myself. So I said, I'm not going to try that. So I always want to be willing for the Lord. Um, you know, you may be afraid of whatever you're afraid of, but you got to realize you're not alone. One, you go with a team, but God goes with you, and he goes before us and plans that. And so I really felt that way on this trip, and I loved it. And I did forget tennis and so many more.
that maybe someone else will pick up on that. So thank you very much. Well, this was my uh, first time ever being on a mission trip or even just being out of the United States. And, you know, it was such a blessing to see the Lord work in a different culture. I think that's one thing that really impacted me. Uh, we can be so short-sighted in our Western culture and have our own little short view. But when you go on a mission trip and see the gospel impact people that speak a different language from a different country, it just opened your eyes, it opened my eyes so much. Uh one specific moment that really stuck out to me, we were canvassing in, in Milwaukee where Pastor Eric's church was at, and uh, we were handing out flyers uh, to people, inviting them to an event that we had the next day. And we, we crossed this street, and it was a busy highway. It was the middle of the day, middle of the afternoon, and we crossed it, and I was walking past this little stand, and there were a bunch of cardboard boxes. And I walked by it. And Uriah was like, Gavin, come here, look at this. And I, and I went around and I looked at it. And there was a, there was a little kid just, just sleeping under those cardboard boxes, just sitting there, sleeping. And, you know, that's such a, that was such a big reminder to me, like, how blessed am I? And we are so blessed to live in the United States and um, not to have to worry about where we're going to sleep and have a loving family that provides for us. And... It was a good reminder, you know, we are not meant to hoard riches or keep them for ourselves, but, you know, we need to share the things that we have. Um, another interesting, another thing that impacted me was we were praying, uh, I, I think it was before the Sunday service, but at some point we as a group were praying, and Pastor Eric was praying, and he said, what started in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago has spread to Circleville, Ohio, and has spread to Luarque, Honduras, and... You know, that, just hearing that really, again, as I had talked about, opened my eyes and just made me think about how impactful the gospel is and how impactful, you know, uh, spreading, how much it has spread. Uh, Jesus lived 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, and now we're here gathered together praying to him, you know, and there are people right now in Honduras, those people that we met, that are praying the same God and are worshiping him, and that's definitely one of the reasons I would recommend anyone that wants to go to on a mission trip has thought about it to go because it will change your life. It will change how you look at your own life, how how you how you think about and how you remember how blessed you are, and just um, it will make you think about how impactful the gospel is. So thank you. All right, this time we'll have our ushers come. For our evening offering as they're coming. I just want to remind everybody that this Wednesday is Wacky Wednesday. Wacky Wednesday for our kids. I really wish it was for the D groups. It's like I would like to see what Kyle would do with that Wacky Wednesday for the D groups. But anyway, I'll have Brother Kyle pray for our offering. Thank you. 
never be holy and acceptable to God on our own standards. This is why we need the blood of Jesus to cover us and the empowerment of his Holy Spirit to help us in our daily lives. Take everything you are and make you into someone you never thought you could be. Todo el mundo en su mano está, todo el mundo 
and she was asking what she could do to help, and they're telling her, you can't do anything to help, it's, it's fine. Well, there's dishes in the sink. She gets a dish soap out, puts it in, and starts washing the dishes, because that's what she does, and she was just so appreciative for them coming there um, to open the church, and she even made a statement, they're coming here uprooting themselves to do something we should be doing as Honduras ourselves. Um, and it was just kind of touched me. And, um, I also met a gentleman named Santos. And again, I'm, this is all in a reference to how things kind of work together. But Santos and through his son Carlos, who were interpreting for me, um, and the stories that I had heard from Eric was Santos. Uh, when Eric and Ashley uh, first started, they were on deputation for a couple of years. They went to Costa Rica for a language school, and then they went to Honduras. Well, when they were in Costa Rica, he um, were coming over. He looked. Uh, he didn't even have a cell phone that would work in Costa Rica or in Honduras at that time. But he needed to get a cell phone. He needed to look for apartments and uh, eventually a church building. And uh, Santos was, was saying, well, how are you going to do all that? Now, Santos is retired. Uh, he was driving uh, the Honduran version of a, um, a lift car. What's the other one? Uber. Um, <laughs> um, and Eric was saying, well, can I just call and ask for you? And he said, no, it doesn't work that way. Well, Santos gave him his personal phone number, so anytime you went to start doing work to get things together, he would call that man personally, Santos, and Santos would take him around, and he just said, it's too dangerous for you to be doing that on your own, you can't do that, um, and then looking for housing and utilities and any other work they needed done, Santos has always been there, and again, it's just as a parent to have somebody taking care of your children, your family, it's just a good good feeling that, that they were there and that's what I'm saying the whole church kind of uh, worked together um, there was it, it was poverty a lot of it um, I've seen houses or dwellings that were what we saw some of them there which were very minimal um, it just kind of makes it real for you. You can tell you've seen it on TV, but once you're actually there and see it for real, it just hits you a little bit different, a little harder, and stays with you. Um, we're very blessed here. Um, you know, sometimes we need hope and peace. But uh, people living in those conditions need it more. They need hope and peace through Jesus. Um, really to contribute other than being there for support but uh, um, when you talk to these kids you do several kids event you talk to these kids and you look at them in the eyes and you see them smile it's just you know that they have some hope and it, it's just I don't know how to say it it's just something else and that's all I have Hello. Um, I really
wrote mine down because I would get off track and talk about penguins or something. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> so, um, so when Nate asked me to give my testimony from this mission trip, I was quite nervous. I don't like speaking in front of people. Um, even though I feel like we're a family here, it's still nerve-wracking to stand up and talk in front of people. But um, And I didn't want to do it, but I also knew that wasn't really an option. Um, <laughs> I gave some thought to what I wanted to say during my testimony, and all I could come up with is what I got out of the trip, not what I did for the people um, there. Um, I went on this trip with the mindset that I wanted to be a blessing to them but I was completely wrong. I was the one that got the blessing out of the trip. Upon arriving, it's very obvious that this country is very impoverished, impoverished. It's also obvious that this country has the potential to be dangerous. Um, there were armed guards everywhere, but I never felt scared. And that was, a very, that was very odd for me. I usually am a very nervous and scared person, especially in like new situations, so I don't know. So, um, so no matter what it is, I, I felt completely protected. It was what some people might refer to as a God thing. I felt it before, this feeling of complete and total calmness and peace, two other times. Once when I walked the aisle to get saved years ago, um, and that was the best decision I ever made, and the second time was when I walked the aisle to get married, again, perfect peace. This entire trip was bathed in that perfect peace. The entire time I felt no fear and no hesitation. God is able to do that. He is able to take a woman that has never flown before, has never been out of the country before, who can barely speak English correctly, much less Spanish. <laughs> um, 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 and who doesn't really like to leave my house much, um, and use the people of Honduras to bless a scared and timid person like me. He was able to do that all along. I just needed to take the first step of faith. I needed to let go of the foolish notion that I had nothing to give to help on a mission trip, which isn't so foolish because I don't really have anything to give, but God can use me to do anything. I just needed to say yes first. So if you think you don't have anything to give, whether it's going on a mission trip or being a missionary to a stranger, your next door neighbor or a family member, just remember, it's not you, but God through you. Just always keep in mind Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I would like to end by asking everyone to keep us in these prayers. So we can keep in our hearts what God has placed there from this trip. Satan would love like nothing more for us to go back to our busy lives and forget what a blessing and honor it was to go on this trip. I'd also like you to um, keep Eric, Ashley, Joel, Owen, Evelyn, the, their church, and the people of Honduras in your prayers because they need it. So thank you. and I'm, I'm really glad that I got to go on this mission trip. One of my favorite parts of the trip was when we were helping the, the sister church to Loarco 
uh, we were helping them clean up and get ready for the kids event that was getting ready to happen today and we were cleaning out a shed and like we were going to go to a dump basically so that we could go throw it all away and in the car ride there we were in the back of the truck me gavin and a kid named axel who was the youth pastor's uh cousin i'm pretty sure and the the view of the city because we were at the like we were at the like top of one of the mountains over there and just the view of how beautiful the city was and how powerful god was to be able to create that and the people to make it something that the lord laid in my heart about the missions was just going outside the country seeing how different it is from the united states seeing how blessed and how privileged we are to live here and that we're, we should be grateful for little things like running water. Some ways my life might be different after coming home is by how I will always be able to tell others about my first mission trip to Honduras and how it will always hold a place in my heart and how powerful the Lord is where he can work in any part of the world because he loves all people all around the world. been enjoying those testimonies so far church and we got a few more here but i wanted to take a special time it is our sunday night prayer meeting and so if you got a prayer bulletin in the back uh, we'll do it just to uh, maybe highlight a little bit different tonight uh, i will take some prayer requests but i want to uh, put a special emphasis on some uh, prayer requests for honduras as well some that we learned about while we were there um, that it would be awesome some people came up to us and said hey would you pray specifically for this and uh, and we said yes so we're going to come back and we're going to honor our word and uh, pray for them tonight and I, I figured it would be even better just to ask the entire church to pray for some of these but before I get to those uh, I do want to take a second to um, ask you are there any prayer requests that you personally have tonight or maybe a praise that you would like to share that we could add to our list and uh, be mindful about this evening. Brother Les. Yeah. Yeah. Pray for the Karst family. I think many of you would have heard about that. Um, there was actually another uh, family, maybe some of you had heard of, um, in uh, that also just had a, a house fire. The Robinette family was a pastor, and uh, uh, the uh, the pastor himself uh, lost his life in the fire, from what I understand, and two of his children. 
as well. And uh, um, I saw some articles shared about that. But if you would pray for the Robinette family and the, the Karst family. Thank you, Brother Les, for sharing that. And uh, it's great to have you back, Brother. Um, last time I saw Les, he was, he was trying to break out a burger hospital uh, here. And, uh, <laughs> but it was good. He's yeah, no. <laughs> no, it was good he stayed, and uh, the Lord took care of him there. So, uh, uh <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brother Ben, I saw you had your hand raised as well. Absolutely. Anyone else this evening? Keep praying for Jerry Ott. All right. Let me uh, just highlight a few of these here. They're in the bottom right-hand corner of your prayer bulletin. Um, at the top left, it says the property for the church in Loarque. Uh, currently, the church plant that uh, Brother Eric and Ashley have began in the capital city of Tegucigalpa in an area called Loarque, they are renting a storefront. It's actually two storefronts. Uh, you saw some of the photos there. Uh, the one where Gavin was trying to get through the hula hoop. Uh, that's, uh, that's in that church of Loarque. And, uh, but they're looking for a permanent place that they can build a church or purchase a building as well. Property is very expensive in the city compared to the rural area. And so please pray um, that they would find somewhere they're, they're looking um, extensively and have yet to find they had some prospects but those sold pretty quickly so pray for that um, pray for uh, a couple named Susan and Alan um, currently not married uh, but they are, are living together uh, brother Eric was unsure of Alan's salvation so if you would pray for them and I believe Susan is looking for a job uh, Suyapa, who uh, my dad mentioned, she also, she blessed my heart a lot as well while we were there, just her servant's heart. Um, pray for her, pray for her son Gabriel, which I believe is uh, uh, studying for law school. Kelly, am I right on that? Okay. And uh, so pray for them. Pray for Cynthia, who is looking for a job. Uh, she caught me and maybe some others on Sunday after the service and said, would you pray with tears in her eyes? And she said, I, I, I need to find a job. And uh, so pray for her. Pray for Pastor Andres and Maria. They are the, uh, the couple overseeing the work, the rural church plant. So there were two church plants we went and served alongside the city work that uh, Brother Eric and Ashley began in Loarque. And then there's a rural area called Carpintero. Uh, and that was established by a previous missionary um, that missionary is no longer in Honduras, so Eric and Ashley have sort of adopted that ministry in some ways, help support financially and, and help them do different events. And, uh, but pray for the pastor, Andres, and his wife, Maria. Um, they are, uh, are, are trying to have a baby, and uh, they've been trying for some time now. And I know that's kind of weighing heavy on them, so if you would. And they're trusting in God, um, but let's pray uh, for them. Santos, which was also already mentioned, uh, pray for him. 
uh, still maybe some unsurety there on his salvation, and so his son requested prayer. And uh, as always, pray for protection of our missionaries, Eric and Ashley, and then their uh, sweet kids, Joel, Owen, and Evelyn, um, that the Lord would watch over them. And it was just an encouragement to see all the people that uh, the Lord has put around our missionary family to help serve with them and alongside them. What an encouragement that is to see them there and uh, people on fire for the Lord and uh, such a blessing. So let's uh, take some time here and I'll give you maybe just a few moments in your seat uh, to pray over these different prayer requests and then uh, I'll close out our, our time of prayer and we'll have some more testimonies. Let's pray. Lord, we are grateful for the opportunity that you have given our church to be a part of uh, uh, multiple uh, church plants in Honduras. Lord, we lift up these requests to you this evening. Um, there are those who are searching for work, Lord, and in a pretty dire situation. We pray that you would meet their needs according to your riches in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we're praying for the salvation of souls mentioned here. Perhaps Alan and, and Santos and others as well. Um, God, use the missionaries, use the people in Honduras um, to share the gospel. And I pray that these would come to faith in Christ. We pray for Pastor Andres and Maria. We pray for um, Lord a child. That you would, according to your will, act in their life. Help them to continue to trust and put their faith in you. We thank you for Eric and Ashley, Joel, Owen, and Evelyn, and uh, the sacrifices they have made, although they wouldn't speak of it as a sacrifice, Lord, but their reasonable service to you. We thank you for the pieces, the people that you have put around them to encourage them, love them, guide them, protect them, counsel them. We pray that you would continue to build your church. It's not us. Lord, it's your church, and you are the one who builds your church. Pray that they would remain faithful to preach and to teach and to witness to those around them. And Lord, we ask um, that you would do what we cannot and reach those in Honduras, in those hard-to-reach places all over the world. We trust that your gospel and your word is sufficient. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, at this time, I'm going I'm to invite uh, our translator and her family to come, uh, Lindsay and James and, and Bella. Hey, don't, don't let her uh, be too humble up here. She really did. did. Group, didn't she do an awesome job? Anytime we didn't have a translator with us, 
and somebody said something, we would all just look at Lindsay like, uh, <laughs> help us out here. So, Hi, my name is Bella. Um, I'm 16 years old. This is my first time on a missions trip, but hopefully not the last one. Um, to say I was a little nervous is an understatement, but luckily both my parents came with me. Um, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to see what the Lord has been doing through the Woodless Ministry in Honduras. Um, this trip opened my eyes to things that I knew were there but hadn't realized the civility of. Um, like Eric said, you have to really see it with your own eyes for it to really click. Um, some of these kids have nothing materially, but they don't really care. Um, they're living their lives with so much contentment, but without Christ and the, the truth of joy that he gives. Um, at the community fun day, they were able to have fun and play, but more importantly, hear the gospel and take a bracelet to share with their friends. Um, seeing how thankful the kids were for whatever candy we handed them, where I would have tried to trade out one for, for one of my favorites instead, really made me un, um, really made me realize how ungrateful I truly can be sometimes. Oftentimes, I feel like I can't do as much for the Lord without moving out of the country. And all he asks of us is for a willing spirit that says, here I am, Lord. I'll always remember this opportunity and the memories that we all made here. Um, again, my name is James. I uh, was blessed to go on this trip. Uh, it's my fifth trip. Uh, we've been to Nicaragua uh, four times, Lindsay and I. Uh, to have the opportunity to go and serve uh, with my daughter was truly a blessing. Um, you, you kind of go down to a foreign country and you're already a little nervous uh, what you're going to see, what you're going to hear, uh, just with my wife. But now with my 16-year-old daughter, it was magnified. Um, but um, I'm tremendously blessed to have uh, both of these women in my life. Uh, both love the Lord and both are uh, willing to serve. Um, I went down expecting God to show up, um, and he did. Um, I went down for selfish reasons because I wanted to go down to see how this former atheist is now a missionary and doing work for the Lord that some of us won't even do here in Circleville or Chillicothe. Um, and I've, again, we've been on several trips and I've served alongside a pastor for a long time and I wanted to kind of be a part of what's going on with the Woodworth family and to see uh, Eric and Letha come along and Uriah um, was another um, uh, inspiring thing for me to see. I wanted to go be a part of that and see that. Uh, so I, I respect it as a father, and to see the joy in a pastor's face, faced with his church members serving, but his 13-year-old son was pretty remarkable, so kudos to you for that. And um, Bella had an opportunity when we got back to share at her school um, how the Lord impacted her life and what she saw there, and I was blessed to hear how she responded to that. Um, and she made a comment to me, like after her first day back, that she uh, was amazed with how uh, mature that uh, Gabine and Uriah were because the boys at school weren't so mature. <laughs> I, w I went to their room a couple times. <laughs> so I don't know what she saw, but, <laughs> but they were awesome. They were great. And Gavin did a great job getting up and, and, and speaking at the school. I uh, was just tremendous, tremendously impressed with him. Uriah, uh, as a 13-year-old, I mean, he's bigger than I am, but at 13 years old, uh, just the spirit in that young man was encouraging to see. Uh, everyone on the trip, I've heard a couple times, um, Many of us uh, go down there, and you don't feel gifted. You don't feel like you're capable of uh, blessing someone. But everyone on that trip uh, was a blessing to me uh, because everyone was willing to do whatever was asked, whatever was needed. Uh, flying in, 
beautiful country, and just looking out uh, the window, and, and I didn't realize how mountainous Honduras was or is, uh, but seeing the beauty and just knowing that when we land, that beauty is now going to be skewed with the poverty and just the darkness um, uh, that, that is there. Um, what really stuck out to me was uh, making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, hundreds of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, <laughs> and then going down to the uh, hospital Escuela and uh, passing out. And, and uh, Brother Eric uh, shared with us that uh, it's a hospital of students, um, and these, these people will stand in line um, for hours, if not days, looking to be seen. Um, and we went there, and there were, there were dozens of people. And he said it's, it's not uncommon for there to be hundreds of people waiting to be seen by students who are training to be doctors and to hopefully get some sort of relief. Uh, but we took these sandwiches that we made, and, and again, it just seemed like peanut butter and jelly, but a lot of those folks don't have peanut butter and jelly. Um, if I sent my kids to school with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch, they're, they're probably going to throw it back at me. <laughs> but to go down there and to pass those out, and we didn't just give them the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. We gave them a Bible tract and, and invited them to the church. And, and we spent, I don't know, 10 minutes maybe there and passed out maybe 50 or 60 uh, sandwiches just there. But as we were leaving, every one of those folks that we handed a tract to, they were opening it and leaving it. And I just, I just thought, here, if we go and try to pass out a, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to somebody, they're going to throw it down. They're, that tract, they're not even going to open up. They're going to throw it down. Uh, so that, that really impacted me. Um, Bella at one point uh, looked at me when we were serving at um, uh, the community fun day and she made a comment that she was just about to burst into tears uh, just seeing the joy on the kids faces um, just from, for little, from little things and I, all I could say to her was like Bella don't that's why we're here we're here to just give them some hope in Jesus put a little joy in their life um, and, and just for a moment just, just be present and make that impact and then take it home with you and do something with it back here um, I've got a couple quotes I'll share, and then I'll, I'll move it on to Lindsay. And uh, we saved the best or the crier for last. Um, but if she starts crying, and then I got to speak, I'll probably start crying too. But uh, just a couple quotes, and um, I've heard several folks in my own life, whether it be family members or just friends, uh, both Christians and non-believers, um, ask the question: "There's so much work to be done here. Why are you going 3,000 miles away?" on a mission trip when you can do things back here. And that's, that's true. There's a lot going on here. But we've got it <laughs> so well here. We don't even realize how well we got it until you take a trip like this. Um, Oswald J. Smith said, sympathy is a substitute, is no substitute for action. I'll say that again. Sympathy is no substitute for action. We need to be active. And you mentioned the word active. Your faith it needs to be active. And, and this church is. And it's a missions-focused church because our pastor and our leadership is mission-focused. We need to be praying financially uh, contributing, and then if you're able, go. Um, last year, you went to Nicaragua, a group of you, and those that have gone for the first time came back and said, if you have an opportunity, you need to go. And I'm going to say it again. If you have an opportunity, you've never been on a mission trip, you need to go. Um, you go down with the spirit and the heart to be a blessing, but what you come back with is tenfold. You're, you're more blessed than what you've done down there. And it's five trips now, and that's still going to be the case. Um, William Booth was quoted as saying, not called, did you say, not heard the call, I think you should say, put your ear down to the Bible and hear him bid you go and pull sinners out of the fire of sin. Put your ear down to the burdened, agonized heart of humanity and listen to the pitiful wail for help. 
Go stand by the gates of hell and hear the damned entreat you to go to their father's house and bid their brothers and sisters and servants and masters not to come there. Then look Christ in the face, whose mercy you have professed to obey, and tell him whether you will join heart and soul and body and circumstances in the march to publish his mercy to the world. Half obedience is disobedience. If we're not doing these things, then we're, we're disobeying God and his commandment for us to go. Um, we mentioned a few names of folks I need to pray for. Um, I was blessed and honored to get up and, and share a message, and I'm not gifted to speak by any, any means, but to have a translator next to me and sharing God's word was very uh, intimidating, and it can be, you know, I was a little anxious. Uh, but at the end of the message, I was able to uh, lead them in prayer, um, a prayer of uh, repentance and salvation, and there were maybe 10, 12 hands that had raised up. Um, but we requested prayer for uh, Suyapa and Gabrielle. Gabrielle um, was the first young man, I believe he was 19 years old, that his hand was way up here. And I said, you know, if you said this prayer and you meant it in your heart and you want to be saved, raise your hand. And his hand was way up, first, first hand up, which blessed me because I was like looking out into a room of a bunch of Hondurans and going through a translator. And I'm thinking, these, they just want me to get off the stage so they can get to their pizza. But this young man got it and he raised his hand. Um, so that, uh, that really affected me seeing that, and I, I think I took a, a few more minutes, and several other hands went up. Uh, but we need to pray for those folks that uh, that wasn't just um, a mindless prayer, but those were prayers of true repentance and seeking a, a, a true Savior. Okay, so this was my fifth mission trip to take, and I have never given my testimony afterwards and not cried. So um, <laughs> we'll see. All right, but I am very thankful for this opportunity um, to take an international mission trip um, with my husband, but our first with our daughter. Um, it was a blessing to see how it would affect her. Um, so we always say that we try to go and be a blessing, and we end up being more blessed, and that was once again true. Um, before leaving... A very good friend of mine told me to pray that the Lord would show me what he wanted me to see. And so um, I did, and he did. So he is so faithful. And so um, one of the things I was excited about going down was to see Eric and Ashley Woodworth. Some of you may not realize, but um, Pastor Nathan and um, Eric and their whole family, um, we all came out of Chillicothe, and so uh, when they were very young, um, we got to see them stepping out in faith, um, and just to be able to see their faithfulness over the years um, has been amazing, so um, again, selfishly, getting to go see that aspect um, was exciting, um, but it was just such a blessing to see uh, what the Lord is doing through these faithful servants. And um, I had some time to talk with Ashley, and one of the things that she reiterated and I have seen over the years is that they are yes Christians. Whatever the Lord has asked all these years, they just say yes to whatever he has next. They're just willing to serve however um, he places in their life. Um, and we've watched them in their early years of faith taking those steps that have led to where they are now. Um, and so I'm just, I'm so thankful to see, like some of the others have said, this group of Hondurans that have now gathered around them. They are the church, um, and uh, the Lord has just really uh, brought some wonderful people. I think one of the people Kelly forgot to talk about was Edgar. Did you talk about Edgar? 
<laughs> so he was with us, and um, he was he was really a blessing. Um, he connects with the people there. Um, he actually lives two hours outside of Tegucigalpa um, and travels there for church. And he just he went out canvassing with us, um, and he was just such a blessing. So I wanted to make sure that I said his name. Um, one of the things that we were able to do, we went to IST, which is a private Christian uh, bilingual school there, and it's actually where Eric and Ashley's kiddos go. Um, teaching there is a really good job. They often recruit. Um, they hire teachers from the states even, um, and the students there have chapel weekly. They can graduate. They go on to college. They get good jobs, which the job market in Honduras is very competitive, um, so people are constantly striving and looking for good work, um, and so that'll be important uh, here in a minute in the rest of my message. But, um, and we were then able to go out and canvas in other areas of Tegucigalpa. We went to the rural work in Carpintero, um, and so uh, the along the way we would see different children selling goods, and you know I'm like I want to give them money, <laughs> you know, for everything. I want to buy all the things. Um, but uh, some of the Hondurans explained to us that children go to work for um, their parents. Um, they go out and they sell different goods that their families make, bread or tortillas or whatever it is. Um, and when they bring money back, um, that just gets the parents motivated to send them out more. The problem with that is then that means that they're sending them out instead of sending them to school. And so even from a very young age, and we saw some very, very young, like primary-aged children out selling goods um, in the streets. Now it's summer break um, for them, so right now, not a big deal, but this is how it is all the time, not just when they're on summer break. And so they, they told us, you know, you can buy those things if you want, but just know that that's actually kind of a negative thing because it's supporting them being out of school um, so that they could continue to peddle. Um, so one of the things as an educator, um, I'm always looking at the education system, you know, when we go places. And um, out in the rural area, they have fewer schools. They're very spread apart. There's no transportation. Um, and so the children don't have access to school oftentimes. And so um, a few things about Honduras, the average education is four years compared to globally 12. And two out of 10 first graders are projected to finish high school. The high school enrollment rate is 92nd out of 110 countries ranked. One in 10 Hondurans are illiterate, but that rate doubles in rural areas. Um, but of course, there they don't have things like ed choice and you know voucher programs and things like that for education um, and I say all that to say this in Romans um, 10 verses 13 through 15 and 17 it says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed and how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher and how shall they and how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. And then 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So children in Honduras may never own a copy of God's word in their own language.
much, and even if they did, studies show that they likely couldn't read it themselves. So supporting missions is essential. Uh, whether you ever go on a mission trip or become a missionary yourself, um, they need a missionary. And so I'm just so thankful for all the work that Eric and Ashley have done, their willingness to serve. Um, that's what just really had a great impact on me. Um, so how will they hear and how will they be saved? in uh, our folks' lives, and uh, it was a short trip, but we're praying that it makes a, a big in impact for a long time. I'm not going to share a, a ton tonight, um, and but I do want to just close with a few challenges. Uh, Kelly wanted me to remind the kids who are here, she brought back some stickers from Honduras, and so make sure you see Kelly, kids, afterwards, she'll get you your sticker. In Matthew chapter 9, verse number 36, there's a story told in Scripture of Jesus um, and something that he saw. It says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Um, as you've heard said multiple times tonight, if you ever have the opportunity to go, go. Because there is, there is something different to see it in person. Uh, we know that when Jesus saw the multitudes, what he saw with his eyes affected his heart. And, and that is how the Lord works in our lives. Um, when we see the need, uh, it affects and touches our heart. And uh, every time I go on a mission trip, it's another reminder of that truth. And it's something that I almost need in my life as a, as a, a sanctification tool to bring me back, we could say to reality, but to eternity. To focus on the things that are truly important, the gospel, the glory of God all over the earth. And so let me give you just three quick challenges tonight as uh, we close out our recap service. The first challenge is this. The need is still great. The need is still great. Let me give you just a little bit of a comparison. Uh, Pickaway County, the area of Pickaway County is 507 square miles. 507 square miles. Tegucigalpa is about 76 square miles. So Pickaway County is about five times the size of the capital of Honduras. Pickaway County population is about 60,000. Tegucigalpa, again, which is about five times less the size of Pickaway County, is about 1.15 million people. So many people in such a small, condensed area. And my thought is, what a better place to bring the gospel and to plant churches where God has brought so many people 
together. Uh, I have a, a few photos I'm going to show. There's one, uh, Jacob, of a city. It's at nighttime. Um, it's a little bit difficult to see this. But just about everywhere we went at night, we saw a view like this somewhere. Even from the hotel that we were staying at, if you found a window, some there from their window or in their room or in the hallway of the hotel, but we saw this. This is Tegucigalpa, and it, it's really remarkable. It's, it's beautiful. Everything pretty much closes down by about 9 o'clock, so the majority of these that you are seeing are homes. They're people. They're souls. At one point in time, and I kept becoming enamored with this view, I, I told our group, I felt like there, was, there wasn't a bad view anywhere you looked. It was this beautiful terrain completely surrounded in mountains, and it was breathtaking wherever you went. And at nighttime, this is what we saw. But as I looked at it for too long, it almost became overwhelming to me that I saw all of those people in and you almost become a little cynical to think, man, what, what could we even do in, in such a large uh, a population of people? What, what little impact could we actually make in a city this big, this populated? And at one point, I, I, I almost started to turn away. We were driving home, and I was gazing out on a view like this, and I, I started to turn away because I became overwhelmed. Like, the need is, is so great, or the need is too great. Do we really make that much of a difference? Well, for Suyapa, the answer is yes. And for Gabriel, the answer is yes. For Jason, the answer is yes. And uh, the need is still great, which reminds us even more, that's why we support missions. Um, can I also say the need is great right here in Circleville and in Pickaway County? That although the uh, desperation is not as clearly seen at times in our civilized world, um, the lost souls in Honduras and the lost souls in Circleville will go to the same hell. And so the need is great everywhere we look. The second challenge I want to leave you with tonight is that missions still works. <laughs> missions still works. Um, if you would put up the next photo of the large uh, picture of all the kids, this was in our video. As I mentioned, there were two church plants we tried to come alongside and did a little bit of everything from uh, outreach to canvassing to teen activities to men and women's outings to teaching to preaching to singing, uh, help with school, humanitarian efforts with the gospel as well. Um, but look at these people. <laughs> look at these adorable kids, each and every one of them hearing the gospel, many of them who have come to faith in Christ and are being discipled now. When you look at our prayer bulletin each and every week, to the right side, when you see all of these names, these missionary names, every name on this prayer list represents this, more of this. We want more 
of this. We want more of the lost being saved and baptized and discipled and trained and mentored. We want more churches planted, more lives changed by the gospel. This is why we support missions. These people, these souls, their families. It's one thing to hear from a missionary about the importance of missions, which we do quite a bit here at Lighthouse as we have missionaries come in. It's another thing to hear from the people that they've reached when they look at you and they tell you it works. Missions still works. When we give to missions, this is what we're giving to. Men, women, children coming to faith in Christ. There's another photo there. Uh, we're kind of out. It looks like we're taking a hike. Um, we're not. Uh, we're canvassing. Well, it was a hike, but it's canvassing. This is in the rural work of Carpintero as well. One particular day we spent most of or maybe the, the first half of the day out inviting people from the community. At one point in time, I think I turned to maybe Bella or one of our teens and said, hey, if we have to find our way back, can you get us home? <laughs> and they were like, no way. And uh, we are going on these paths, not roads, paths. And this is, it doesn't even really do it justice. I think your eye is almost falling over. We're, you know, we're, we're not walking on a paved road here. But as I stood in the back and watched our group walk, gospel tracts in their hands, invitations, inviting people to uh, hear the gospel in this outreach that we were putting on, I couldn't help but think how many thousands and hundreds of thousands of roads like this are there everywhere in the world? And how will people who live in places like this ever hear the gospel if we do not send missionaries? Who will walk those roads? Lindsay read the verse, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the gospel. Those feet that walk the roads that you and I may never walk. That's why we support missions. Missions still works. The last challenge I'll give you tonight, and I'll pray. Never underestimate the power of the gospel. Never underestimate the power of the gospel. In Romans 1, verse 16, the Apostle Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We could say um, to the American first and also to the Honduran because that's how it's worked in our life. The power of the gospel. Never underestimate the gospel's power. It is the dynamite by which people come to faith in salvation. There was a, a special moment for me at the end of the trip, and we have, I think, one final picture, and I caught just kind of the end of it. This is in the city work, the church plant that Brother Eric and Ashley have began in Loarque. And uh, I was standing at the end. This is where I almost spoke in tongues. And uh, No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is where I got to preach through a translator. And then afterwards, this is the invitation time. I walked to the back of their sanctuary, and I stood there beside my brother, Eric. 
and I snapped a picture as he was starting to walk up. Almost 17 years ago, I stood in the back of a sanctuary with my brother. He had more hair uh, then, and so did I. (laughs) But there we stood in the back of a sanctuary during an invitation time, and he was not a believer. He wasn't saved. Has been mentioned an atheist who I um, begged to come to church camp. And that day, almost 17 years ago, he walked the aisle and gave his life to Christ. The Lord saved him. Fast forward almost 17 years later, I'm standing in the back of a sanctuary in Tegucigalpa, Honduras, with that same brother. Only this time, things are a lot different. Now, he and I looked over a congregation of people who have been reached by the power of the gospel. And if the Lord can take uh, two brothers from (laughs) the trailer park, if you will, and he can save me and take an atheist and save him and save many in our families and he can bring us to a place like this then what could he do in your life if God can use me if he can use Eric friend he can use you this is what the gospel can do and I watched my brother walk up to the front and this time not for salvation This time, speaking in a foreign language, encouraging all of those to come to faith in Jesus who had not yet. And that's the power of the gospel. Amen? Let's pray. God, you are so good. Um, Your goodness is beyond anything that we can measure. I thank you for being able to go, for those who were able to go. I thank you for a church that sent us on their behalf. For those who came to faith in Christ while we were there, for those who have not yet been saved, Lord, we lift them up to you now and pray that you would reach them. We thank you that the gospel is powerful, powerful to save a few brothers and their families and to use us by your grace and by your mercy Lord let me never forget it thank you God that missions still works and we don't doubt that Lord but we understand the need is great it's great here it's great in Honduras it's great around the world so Lord please use us where we are You have called each and every one of us to be missionaries in our schools, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, communities, at our workplace. So use us to be that light, those beautiful feet that spread the gospel. And we trust that you will do the work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.